the HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Let's say taken off course because of some other company's agenda. And I, and I just feel that this is what COVID is. COVID was a, a plan. People may not agree with me. It was a planned strategic effort to knock the U.S. off. And look what's happened to our shipping, to everything. And who's making all the money? Not the United States. Oh, no, not at all. China. Yeah. Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. Well, hey, everybody. It is John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur here, and welcome once again to another issue of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. Hey, Marcus, it is great to have you here uh, after Thanksgiving. I ate oh, yeah, a lot of turkey. I don't know about you, but I ate a lot of turkey. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuffed. <laughs> Still stuffed. I had some pumpkin pie and I had some pecan pie, and uh, pretty soon we're going to be getting into New Year. I know I keep saying this, the the... the the months and the days keep rolling by. Where are they going, Marcus? They're out of here, John. You know, <laughs> out of here and on to the I'm next. I'm thinking you might be stealing them. Stop stealing them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, let, let's yeah. talk about some interesting things. So, you know, I don't know if you guys are following the ISS, the International Space Station. Uh, well, the International Space Station has actually uh, had some, some challenges. And the challenges uh, that they're having right now, if you guys have not been following is that this particular, um, you know, supposedly a helpful mission um, is starting to get space debris from the Russian test flight. Uh, and it's forcing mm. astronauts on the ISS to now take shelter. What do you think about that? Oh, wow. You, you know, are we surprised? Because this is not nothing new you know we know that a lot of debris comes from a lot of these test flights and uh, a lot of yeah you know, just regular routine flights that, that happen anyways and it's so dangerous uh that the national security officials are worried it could be used as a weapon in future space war that's yeah. an interesting conundrum yeah, yeah thank god we got space spacex what is it space uh space force yes yes yeah, but, so, you know, I, I just don't know where these people are going and, like, what they're even doing. Uh, you know, I would think there's, like, a protocol, Marcus, that when you do stuff, like, you know, like I said, a checklist or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm guessing, I don't know, for, for whatever happens, you know, money talks with these uh, ventures. Because, you know, that's how we went over to Russia because we didn't have the money to fund it ourselves or we weren't putting the money up. Let me put it that way. And because we weren't putting the money up, well, Russia kind of came to the table. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's so, very interesting, I, John. It's very interesting. I don't know. It, it, we're going to definitely have to keep an eye on it, just like global warming. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then many other things. Exactly. You know, another interesting thing that's happening, you know, we always say uh, men and women are equal, and, and I believe that. However, uh, more than a third of the women in tech now are looking for an exit in the next two years. Hmm. Why, why do you think that is? Well, 38% of the women in the tech industry are planning on leaving their jobs in the next two years. And this is according to uh, some national surveys. It's because of the pandemic. You know, John, you, you said it once before. A lot of, a lot of things <laughs> get planned on the COVID nowadays. And um, I think it's the, the quick go-to for when things get rough. I, I just think this is just another plethora of a, an instant excuse. Well, let's just call it COVID. And then we can just say we don't have to have the event or we can just stop living our life because it's COVID. Yeah. And and we do know that uh, a lot of things came from Uncle Sam uh, that, you know, that was all in the goodie bags that has benefited a lot of people through this pandemic. And so it, it makes more sense to, OK, well, I can just find something to do at home and be a freelancer. 
Now, according to CNET, and I quote, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed everyone's lives over the last year. And a half, including women who work in the tech field, the report said, survived uh, the thousand women in tech, ranging in annual salaries from less than 25 to 100,000 and a variety of work environments, including in-office and remote and hybrid. So what that's telling me is that they're piling on more work and expecting people to pay less money. Yeah, uh, which which is just ridiculous. It's, it's quite ludicrous uh, on the parts of these corporations uh, who's pretty who's just not doing a good job of just like, you know, expanding their workforce and, you know, and, 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 and increasing those uh, pocket pocketbooks uh, for for their employees. I agree. I, and I am all for equality in the workforce, whether that's uh, men, women, uh, whether it's sexual orientation, color, race, I'm all for that uh, equal opportunity employer. But, you know, um, the tech industry, as you and I know, and it, it's no secret, it's kind of been a guy's club. Uh, yeah. It's not something you bring up at the ladies table because they never want to hear about it. And it, it's not that, you know, they couldn't talk about it, but usually there might be one lady and like, oh, you know, let's not talk shop, Glenda, you know, let, let the boys talk that. And... <laughs> You know, and, and that's what happens. And then they wonder, why are we, I don't want to say discriminating, but why are we saying that the women can't talk about it? It's not that they can't. It's that they don't want to. It's it's almost like it's like a, um, a non-cool click to be in if you talk about tech, if you're a lady. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that totally is right on track, John. I, I think you are pointing to something that that is definitely, you know, being spoke about a little bit more. And something else that I think is really terrible, uh, the other reason that's pushing women out, um, a lot of people of color are still getting paid less in tech because they're saying they're inferior and they don't have the same knowledge as the white people. But I think that's unfair, too. And, you know, the data reinforces these similar findings, um, McKinsey and Company, uh, in the annual Women in uh, Workplace report. And they released this uh several months ago, and they found that one in three women across industries are considering either leaving their jobs or downshifting their careers to something at home or something as simple as being an Uber driver. I mean, that's terrible, Marcus, that somebody wants to, you know, you have all this potential, right? And now you don't want to use it because of COVID. I mean, get off it. Yeah, we, we, we got to do better. You know, I, I think on the corporation parts and, and then us as individuals, we can't, we can't, you know, we can't allow you know, a, a little bit of pushback to, to stop us uh, and advancing ourselves. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we got to hold we got to hold the corporations to the to, to the to their fire. You know, and uh, and, and call them out. Um, yeah, but you know, and never not also use in the same mouth uh, use COVID as an excuse. Yeah, I think that's got to stop. I am just so tired of the word COVID. I get that people still have it, and there's still some some surges coming surges coming in, but it's not. Like it's not an everyday breath word. Like let's let's live our life. Like nine eleven happened, right? Quite a while right. ago, right? right? And and again, we didn't forget about nine eleven, right? We didn't forget about it. No, we didn't. You know, uh, the good thing about what happened with nine eleven, there was a, ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago, there, there was a huge emergence of uh, people ready ready to come out and come together, and and, and get it together. And I think what I've noticed about a lot of these things, because, you know, 9-11, I don't want to call it a pandemic, but I, I think it might border close to a pandemic, even yeah, though it wasn't medically related. Right. It's still kind of, oh, let's say, um, you know, kind of stunted people in where they were going from their growth to incapacitating them to be able to living their lives. So I think that as we have these things, it's not a matter, Marcus, of if these things are going to happen, because they still could happen. We as business owners, entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs, um, executives, parents, uh, volunteers, first responders, we have a duty to live our life and not be, um, let's say, taken off course because of some other company's agenda. And I, and I just feel that this is what COVID is. COVID was a, a plan. People may not agree with me. It was a planned strategic effort to knock the U.S. off. And look what's happened to our shipping, to everything. 
And who's making all the money? Not the United States. Oh, not at all. China. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite uh, interesting how um, they have recovered quite fast. And and I think you pointed out a brilliant uh, observation, John. It was very, very brilliant on your part. Uh, just uh, what, what's happening now from the very beginning to up until now. I, I don't know. It's it's crazy. But, you know, speaking about crazy, you know, do you ever go around your home and have to, um, I don't know, uh, get things done? You know, like you have these, uh, whether it's honeydews uh, or uh, I'm not married, but if you have honeydews or uh, whether you have things that have to be done uh, for yourself and you just don't want to do them. I don't know whether that's uh, yard work or Maybe uh, it's putting together a bookcase that uh, your significant other wants you to put together or move something or vacuum something or clean out something. But you just don't want to do it, right? Can you relate to that? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> well, I got a solution for you. Uh, there's a company out there called TaskRabbit. And we'll allude a little bit more about them in the program. But we want to thank them for being our sponsors because they're really the people uh, that are little busy rabbits for you so you can actually do what you want to do and put those tasks off to someone else, pay them a little bit, and let yourself um, really enjoy life. You can visit them, by the way, at TaskRabbit. That's www.taskrabbit.com. And we'll have a link a little bit later uh, to let you save a little bit of money from them on your first uh, task. So if you have one of those honeydews, uh, don't risk your marriage or, or risk a relationship or even frustrate yourself into unnecessary stress and health disorders. Check out TaskRabbit, okay? Absolutely. You know, uh, well, President Biden's even at it now. He uh, he signed legislation, get this, to tighten the U.S. restrictions on Hawaii, H-U-A-W-E-I, and Z-T-E. Now, what the heck am I talking about? Well, there is something called an NDA, okay? Now, I'm not talking about a non-disclosure act. Okay, I'm not sure if you ever heard of an NDA before, Marcus. Have you? Well, you know, you can definitely uh, educate educate me a little bit more as well, the audience. So, an NDA, uh, non disclosure agreement, but really, what it is, uh, an NDA is to prevent countries uh, from uh, importing things or to bring them into their country. So that that's really the the uh, the simple part of it, and. Um, are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner without getting into all kinds of acronyms because everyone's not going to remember them anyway. It basically uh, is there to keep our country safe. So Biden, um, this was around uh, was around the 11th of November. And all of you know Routers, where we get a lot of information from. Routers is actually the largest media company for Thomson Routers. And they report on financial data and all kinds of data to millions of people around the world. So we're getting it from a key source. And U.S. President Joe Biden on Thursday had signed, this is November 11th, the legislation to prevent companies like Hawaii Technologies and ZTE that are deemed security threats from receiving new equipment licenses from U.S. regulators. So why is that happening? Great question. You may have remember a few years ago, there was some uh, cell phones yeah. that were not permitted to come into, uh, not our country, but they weren't allowed to go into any corporate um, building that was associated with the government or the government agency itself or any schools. So anything that had government funding on it, 
you had to leave that device at the door. If you went to um, the White House, that device could not be brought in. It would be um, confiscated at security, and you'd get it back on your way out. Yeah. I remember I was talking about this uh, earlier in the year. You know, this this was coming down the pipeline. Uh, actually, we, we talked about this a little bit last year, too, you know, when um, we did. In the last, in the last uh, administration was pushing hard for this. Yeah. So the, the reason so the reason this is happening, um, Marcus, it's really simple. These companies are potentially, well, maybe more than potentially, <laughs> very probably um, planting bugs in there. And I don't mean bugs like, you know, the ones you, you kill for the, or the fly swatter. Uh, these are bugs that actually would spy on you without your knowledge. So if you have a cell phone, for example, and it's coming from one of these companies, they have a strong inclination to believe that these devices are listening to you and maybe trying to get information about our country, maybe create espionage. Yeah, there's no surprise that this type of stuff is happening all the time. And and there's no bigger surprise that they will try to do something sneaky like this through you know, something that we use every day. So in case you guys didn't know what espionage is, it was the act of 1917, and it makes it a crime to interfere with or attempt to undermine or interfere with the efforts of the United States Armed Forces during a war. So let's just say we had one of these devices and something was happening, and now certain information was getting back and forth. That could compromise our position on how and when and if we attack. Yeah, absolutely. So you can see why uh, signing this document uh, into law was very important because, you know, devices get made all the time. And, and, and I think about this, you know, I always like to buy things in the United States. But, you know, the signing comes day before days before Biden and Chinese leader uh, was it Xi, I'm going to kill his name, Jinping, are expected to hold a virtual summit. Now, uh, Reuters uh, reported the meeting is expected uh to be getting deep into what's happening, but they're really going to have a meeting that's expected to hopefully alleviate tensions over trade, human rights, and military activities. I just don't see that happening. So, no, I, I don't. And and I, I I remember the last time we talked about this, you know, um, how uh, the daughter of the 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 founder of this company was uh, really you know advocating very hard to to get it back uh, distributed widespread into the United States and. Uh, and it, it was just a bunch of lies that would come out of her mouth. And, 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 and you know, this is not going to happen. It, you know, it's not, it can't fly. And we, we, we got to continue to push back against this type of stuff. So they call it the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. Um, so we call it NDA for sure, but it's really the NDAA. So the National Defense Authorization Act. And basically it started with hype vision. You remember me talking about this in 2018? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so what had happened, companies like um, Honeywell, Hike Vision, Swan, LTS, uh, WBOX, Interlogix, Fleur, even Bosch, IC Realtime, QC, Panasonic, ADT, Indigo Vision, Montevue, and many more were using products or chipsets from Hike Vision. And uh, the Dawa sanctions uh, had basically prevented this because they had uh, figured out that they were listening in to conversations in buildings when these cameras weren't supposed to even have microphones on board. They wow. had another microphone. So even if you order it without a microphone, it still had a microphone and it was transmitting through the primary connection. And there was no way to turn it on or turn it off. So these sanctions basically prevented these companies from using U.S. technology or standards in future software firmware releases from using U.S. patents in future hardware models. So this means that they are going to face a situation where they either don't update their firmware for cybersecurity concerns or lose the ONVIF compliance features. Okay, and the firmware is updated. So now you're probably saying to me, John, what the heck is ONVIF? Well, that's a great question. So I'll get into that here in a second. But... ONVIF 
uh, is a global and open industry forum with the goal of facilitating the development and use of global open standards for the interface of physical IP-based security products. Now, this all happened when we got into IP cameras right. because the U.S. rolled them out and then China and other countries and uh, uh, Korea and other places. But Korea has not been sanctioned yet. It's just been China. Uh, but I'm not here to tell you that, you know, everyone's, uh, I'm going to say, uh, off the hook. I've gotten so strong with this that uh, we now use companies in the United States that only manufacture their own devices and their own chipsets. So you can get good DVD systems for several thousand dollars um, with cameras, typical installation, five to ten grand. Now you can do the same thing on a U.S.-based system. It's going to cost you about 30 or 40% more. But you've got a product that is made and maintained only in the United States of America. Yeah, which will make more sense uh, to, to have it based here in the United States. So I think people, I don't know, I think they just look for the cheapest thing. So again, ONVIF, in case you just tuned in. It stands for Open Network Video Interface Forum. And so you can get a lot of great free information on there. You can even learn what cameras are possibly bad. So camera models uh, made by Honeywell, like I said, Panasonic, Dynacolor, Sony, Samsung, Pelco, Bosch, uh, even Axis, Hype Vision, uh, Ericont Vision can be on an ONVIF compliant network. The question is... If it's an open interface network, are there protocols in place on their systems that are going to prevent anybody from trying to backfeed in? Yeah, that's the biggest concern and the biggest problem. And, you know, we talk about that all the there time. There was a guy, uh, Marcus, not too long ago, much you remember, he was posting the link to a piece of software you could download to basically unlock anybody's Hike Vision DVR. That's sick. You run the program, you enter some information in, and bam. Now, there is a process. I'm not here to educate people about how to hack a DVR, but there's a very specific process if you forget the master password. And it's not three steps. It's usually like eight to 12 steps. And they right. all have to be done within so many seconds. And there's no indication whether you've done them right or done them wrong until you're all done. So you kind of got to know what you're doing. You really have to write it down because... You're not going to know how to do it. So usually somebody has to give you something. You go through. After you've done it a few times, you can remember it. But isn't that terrible how, you know, we're getting exploited by these things? So I think it's good what Biden is doing. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, with this new law requiring the Federal Communications to no longer review or approve any authorization application for equipment that poses an unacceptable risk to national security. Uh, I don't know. That could be a problem. Yeah. yeah, it can. You know, it can get ugly real quickly. And um, it, it's good that we got, you know, um, experts like yourself, John, that's like giving us the light on this stuff. But the FCC commissioner, Federal Communications Commission, uh, Brennan Carr said, and I quote, the commission has approved more than 3,000 applications from Hawaii since 2018. So the law will help to ensure that insecure gear from companies like Hawaii and ZTE can no longer be inserted into America's communication network, Carr said, end quote. So... I think where the problem's coming in, to be very honest with you, is really at our FCC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are just yeah. pushing things through like candy. Yeah, it is. They, you know, you so won't have any issues. To do oh, is they're not tightening up on things. <laughs> so things don't come through from these, from these uh, areas. And when we sense more problems, then we'll put more roadblocks up. So, in March, uh, the FCC designed five, uh, designated five Chinese companies as posing a threat to national security under the 2019 law aimed at protecting U.S. communication networks. Uh, the named companies previously designated Hawaii and ZTE as well as Hytera Communications, uh, Hangzhou, Hike Vision Digital, there they are again, and uh, Zhejiang Dahu Technology Comp. The FCC in June had voted unanimously to advance a plan to ban approvals for equipment in the United States Communications Network from those Chinese companies, even as lawmakers pursued legislation to mandate it. 
So the FCC voted uh, to draw oppositions from Beijing in the United States without any evidence still abuses national security and state power to suppress Chinese companies. So I don't think they're abusing anything. I think this is a political bunch of BS because the people are trying to put threats on the U.S. saying that we're doing freedom of speech. That's so much a crock. It's not even funny. Yes, it's a crock of change uh, that like we can use. And what what really concerns me is like, you know, just how long this took, you know, for for something to even be brought to the table like this. And it's like, uh, man, well, let's you know. see, IP cameras. <laughs> when did they come? I, I, the, the first IP uh, DVR was in I'm trying to remember now. The first IP DVR was manufactured. I'm trying to remember that was around. Um, oh. The, the cameras were not made in China, but the DVRs were. Uh, and then uh, the two biggest non-Chinese manufacturers were Axis and Lilin LIP cameras. Yeah. Um, and then the PTZs were designed in Taiwan, manufactured uh, in Taiwan, obviously. Um, I don't know. We started seeing these, I think, right about... Um, we started seeing them heavy, maybe around eight, 10 years ago. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. it became a problem when people, you know, were going to like your stores, like your superstores, any of them from Best Buy to Costco to BJ's to Sam's Club. And they were buying a camera system for $3.99. I said, oh, gee, I got a great deal. Yeah. And then when they realized that their, uh, personals and unmentionables were winding up on other people's sites and other businesses. That's how they learned about it, Marcus. It was it was first about just people's company data that was winding up. So it wasn't the government stuff that was causing the flag. It was the fact that uh, competitors were learning intelligence from other people in the industry. Absolutely. And, you know, and People were screaming for help for a long time, and and here we are now, ten years later, almost. So this is this is crazy. It it, it, it definitely is a thing. But like I said, so yeah. you know, uh, speaking about help, uh, lots of people need help every day. And you yeah. know, we talked about TaskRabbit, but what I want to share right now about TaskRabbit is that uh, I'm an engineer, but I'm not a mechanical person. I'm not someone who puts desks together. I've done it a few times. I prefer not to. And I remember I had to have. Um, was a desk or a chair and it probably would have taken me a few hours to put together. I looked at the instruction manual and there was no instructions. It was just a bag of screws, a hundred screws and bolts and nuts or whatever. And a really tiny, very low quality printed document with the most smallest diagrams. I even put it on my copier and blew it up and it still was confusing. And so I said, this is just nuts. So I had gone to one of the stores and I see, what are they charged to put together? And they were like a fortune. So I said, this is crazy. I'm paying more money than the stupid chair or the desk. So I went online, I did some searching and then I found this company called TaskRabbit. I didn't know anything about them. And I said, well, gee, I said, you know, I'm going to put one of these things up. Uh, Hopefully I get some offers. I didn't know how it was going to work, but I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, You know, you don't really uh, pay anybody um, you basically put an offer out there and then you accept that. And all the payment is handled through TaskRabbit. So it's very secure. And you get offers and you can check their, let's say, their credibility. Uh, it's just a great platform to connect people that have a job uh, 
that they want to have done an odd job. Uh, it could be something like you want to put flyers out. You could do that for you. If you want somebody to come yeah. and paint your home, they could do that for you. But you could look at their skills online. Um, so somebody is out there and they need a, uh, a task done or a job done or odd job or what have you, or even going to the dry cleaners or something, you can go try to find somebody on TaskRabbit. And that could be a, a nice part-time thing. But the other thing I want to bring to everybody's attention is you may know TaskRabbit is a great site for helping you get your jobs done. But what you didn't know about TaskRabbit, and I think Marcus is working on this to get a different link, is that you can actually apply if you're skilled in an area and you know how to put things together and maybe you know how to paint or you have an extra skill and you want to make some extra money, you can actually apply to be uh, a person that does tasks on TaskRabbit. So a great way for people to uh, make extra money. And they even have a thing there about how people are staying safe with COVID. So I would definitely check it out, Marcus. It's uh, TaskRabbit.com, www.TaskRabbit.com. We'll pop a link a little bit later in the program to let you know. But like I said, I had a personal experience with this company. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I figured it was just going to be like another you know, Uber deal or, or Lyft deal and hope you get the right driver. But, you know, you interview the people yeah. and, and they don't just let people come on there. They really try to make sure they're good quality people. And if you have a concern or a complaint, they uh, address it. It's not like, you know, these people can hide behind this uh, ironclad box. They have to live up to what they say they're going to do or they're going to remove them from the platform. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think as we talk more about security, it's um, not so much, I'd say, the danger of what they're doing, but the danger that people don't know what they're doing. Because what they're doing isn't going to kill anybody or hurt anybody to date, but no, it no, is no. going to cause problems, you know? And dangers are an issue, but what if a danger could be so vital? that it could affect somebody's safety. We'd want to know about that, wouldn't we? Yeah, we should be the first to know, you know. It yeah, I, I, I would think so. And yeah. and and speaking about that, uh, there is actually one that I would like to let you know of. So uh, the U.S. House Democrats uh, urged the FCC to avoid potential air safety wireless dangers. What are mm -hmm. we talking about? Well, when you use certain communications, um, there are potential safety risks from use of the C-band spectrum of the 5G wireless. What am I talking about? I'm not talking about cancer. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, getting a suntan. I'm not talking anything like that. I'm not talking about interference to, you know, your TV. I'm not talking about any of those annoyances. I'm talking about something that could affect your life and wow. hundreds of other people. The risk to altering and interfering with radio limiters. You know what a radio limiter is? What's that, John? Okay. A radio limiter, in, in, in short, is a device that is found on all aircrafts, oh, wow. commercial, um, uh, government, uh, military, etc. And what an, uh, an uh, altimeter is, uh, it's an altitude meter in an instrument used to measure the altitude of an object above a fixed level. So that's very critical. That sounds like a needed object. <laughs> uh, when you're sounds very needed. <laughs> a, when you're flying a plane. Yeah. So um, yeah. this is a serious problem. And uh, yeah, this sounds more serious than the conspiracy theories that was, that was surrounding uh, 5G. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, the one gentleman here uh, in a letter to the FCC chair uh, from um, the House representative Transportation Committee Chair Peter uh, DeFazio and Representative Rick Larson said, we're now on the precipice of a dangerous situation in which the safety of flight hangs on the telecom industry's decision regarding when to switch on its 5G networks, said House of Representatives Transportation Committee Chair, as we just heard. And so that means that something has to be done. Does that mean that uh, altimeters need to be modified? I don't know. But I think it's a conversation that has to be done 
in union with everyone. It's not just a cell phone company. I always say that when you make a decision, Marcus, and your decision is going to affect other people, yeah, you got to consult those other people. Yeah, you do. Even if they're not knowledgeable about what you're doing. You know, they may not know about the C-spectrum, but they need to educate them on it. They need to test it. Yeah, and, and these things these these things went up so fast. Um, you know, it seems like none of that conversation was mentioned. Uh, no one uh, took the time out to like you know even consider this. So the one thing I'll let you know is that they have currently agreed uh, to as as of November here, uh, AT and T and Verizon Communications isn't that nice to delay <laughs> the commercial launch of the C band wireless until January fifth. Oh, that's, that's so short of time. <laughs> oh, man, it, it, that's not really a, a lot of time to really deliberate this thing. You know, I, I, you would think that you would push this out more. Well, the race safety concerns, as we know, as the telegram was warned that a six-month delay in deployment could cost the U.S. $25 billion in economic benefits. See, we're always talking about that money, Marcus. Oh, man, so so we're going we're gonna to put money before safety here. You know, so that's, that's that 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 I don't I don't I don't, I don't go for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't agree with that. And you know, man, you know, uh, more people should speak up about this uh, to push this out further. You know, screw the money at this point. Um, you know, because the lives are going to cost more than than the money. Exactly. And the federal uh, FAA, in case you guys didn't know, the Federal Aviation Administration is what it stands for. On a bulletin earlier this month warned that action may be needed to address the potential interference caused by the 5G deployment. So now they're starting to wake up. Mm -hmm. uh, the FAA may issue an emergency directive to airlines and lawmakers said that it could include uh, Drake, Canadian, but necessary restrictions on many types of critical flight operations. You know, we've had these restrictions in the past where they say you can't use a cell phone. But, you know, it's never been a problem in the past. No. You see, we've been extra proactive. Because we know people use cell phones when the 9-11 happened, right? Right. So, but they were doing it for a different reason. They were doing it for landing reasons. Yeah. Okay? They had nothing to do with the altimeters and altitude. That's very serious. Yeah. So the two lawmakers asked the FCC to prohibit 5G uh, broadband use in the C-band until the FAA has conducted a robust, robust risk assessment. The FAA did not immediately comment on the letter. The lawmaker then said, after a year of discussion, we appear no closer to resolving the serious concerns that the use of C-band for 5G would create in a, to the harmful interference. They then went back, and this is scary, and I quote, they cited the 2019 Boeing 737-800 accident near Amsterdam as an example of how an erroneous radio altimeter Reading could potentially result in a fatal air disaster with multiple fatalities, even on a clear day. Mm -hmm. So we already had a fatality. Oh, wow. That crash, ladies and gentlemen, killed nine people that will never get their lives back. Mm. The people briefed um, the, the team at, at Reuters. And the potential mitigation measures included small exclusion zones around airports, downward tilts of some antennas, and reduced power levels to areas around airports. Big deal. It's a big deal, you know. No, I mean what they said to do. That the big deal. They did that little thing. What, what, what was that? That was like a that was a drop in the bucket. Oh, wow, you know that's that's like minimizing you know the, the situation here you know and we can we can't do we can't minimize lives we can't minimize you know co collateral damage you know um you know these these damages in uh, their aircraft loss it, it that you know that's gonna amount up to a lot you know in the long run yeah and i see other things happening too marcus as you know a lot of our traffic lights and if you know some of them are becoming wireless yeah. and as you know a lot of these uh being a first responder you know they have like those blue lights on the the traffic lights and if you know this but when the light, uh, that light, they can actually make it blue. And when they do that, they can change the light and they can actually affect the light. And you can see that, that the firehouse or the uh, ambulance squad, if they're like right at the intersection, they can literally control that light. Yeah. So that's being controlled wirelessly. Now, let's just jump a little bit higher. And let's just presume that maybe one of these spectrums that we haven't talked about yet could potentially 
cause an interference to being able to change that light in emergency. Mm. Oh, wow. That, just imagine that damage and, and delay is going to cause to uh, seriously well, maybe, emergencies. Maybe somebody's life. We know that in, in yeah. emergencies, seconds Seconds matter. matter. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They matter. Yeah. So um, we've been talking a lot about security in case you guys haven't known. And it's very, very apropos right after Thanksgiving because, you know, we're getting to the holidays and everybody's gung-ho about technology, which I am too. However, I think that we need to be cognizant of what we're doing, the choices we're making, and how that's going to affect the safety and uh, livelihood of our lives. Well, another friend I want to talk about, <laughs> Amazon. Amazon knows a lot of personal details about us. Yeah. And I want to quote uh, a Democratic member of the Virginia House of Delegates. Are they selling products or are they spying on everyday people? Well, you and I know that they collect data, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, and I, I don't know why they try to make it a secret, you know, like as though they're not. You know, uh, router, routers collects data too. Routers collects data. Uh, but I'm a lot more, how can I say, trusting in them than I am of Amazon. Yeah. Maybe because they manage financial data too. I mean, they're one of the largest... Um, so Reuters is, 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 uh, is very, very large and, uh, the largest media aggregate and, and, uh, platform, uh, for Thompson routers, financial and other types of data all around the world. And Samir was among the few Virginia legislators who opposed an industry friendly Amazon drafted state privacy bill that was passed this year, uh, at routers request. Samir asked Amazon to disclose the data it collected on him as a consumer. That says something. It says a lot. The company gathers a vast amount of data from the U.S. customers. Uh, they make that data available to all upon requests if you should decide. If you write them, they have to tell you everything they have on you. It is the law. All right. So seven Reuters reporters obtained their Amazon files. The data reveals the company's ability to amass strikingly intimate portraits of individual consumers. <laughs> they were not only gathering data of people's, let's say, shopping habits, dating sites, profiles, um, Facebook, chat messages, emails it's frightening that's a lot of stuff john amazon that, that's... collects data on consumers through its yeah. alexa voice assistant you and i have talked about this we, we knew yeah. they did this yeah we, we, we knew that kindle e-readers audible audiobooks so i belong to audible and i get audiobooks but so they know what i buy okay I, it's no secret what i buy but some people maybe they don't want to share that right it's video and it's music platforms it's home security cameras and fitness trackers. I told you they did this. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and then now we're going into health-related things. Alexa-enabled devices make recordings inside people's homes, even ring security cameras. And the data all sits where? On Amazon's server. Information can reveal things like people's height, weight, health, their ethnicity, um any any uh cultures they belong to um buying habits whereabouts on any given day what their patterns are mm. one reporter revealed that amazon had collected more than ninety thousand alexa recordings of family members between december 2017 to 2021 averaging about 70 daily that that alexa is no good no it's not the recordings contain such things as names of people and young children and even their favorite songs and where they go to school, etc. 
Imagine what could happen if this got into the wrong hands, Marcus. Yeah, just even a fraction of that, you know. Amazon captured so, children geez. asking how they could convince their parents to let them play and getting detailed instructions from Alexa on how they could manipulate this to basically trick the kids into doing what they wanted. Alexa advised the kids to refute common parent arguments such as too violent, too expensive, and teaching kids how to go against their parents' wishes. Hmm. Amazon said it does not own the WikiHow, but Alexa sometimes responds to questions with information from websites. Of course, they're going to say that. Yeah. So some recordings involve conversations between family members using Alexa to communicate across different parts of the house. Uh, children apologizing to their parents after being disciplined. And it's just interesting how they pick certain situations to keep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting. You know, you got to, man, you, you got to wonder, you know, what, what, what's going to happen with this stuff after after so long? And in, in one particular recording, a, a child is asking Alexa uh, about uh, human uh, reproduction and uh, being shown and told words that are considered vulgar. Even giving the child different definitions to words that you and I would use every day, but wouldn't be using them in the adult context. Alexa has suggested that there's other meanings for those words and opening up Pandora's boxes the kid should not be getting into. Amazon says its Alexa products are designed to record as little as possible. Yeah, bull. <laughs> uh, with the trigger word Alexa and stopping when the user command ends. But that's not true. Amazon said, and I quote, it has scientists and engineers working to improve the technology and to avoid false triggers and that they apologize for recording too much information. But they're just trying to make sure that they hear the customer's wish. And the only reason they're recording extra data is they just want to make sure they're giving the customers the full experience. Amazon also said that they record all this extra data because they want Alexa to know that she could just pick up where they left off, even if it was days or weeks later. The only way for customers to delete much of this personal data, you know how they can de delete it? To close their account. The company said it retains some information, such as purchase history, even after the account has been closed to comply with legal obligations. Mm -hmm. Amazon said that it allows customers to adjust their settings on voice assistant and other services to limit the amount of data collected. Alexa, for instance, can stop Amazon from saving the recordings or have them automatically deleted periodically. And they can disconnect their contacts or calendars, uh, their smart speaker devices. We already learned from uh, a show not too long ago that they're not going to allow interaction to um, Outlook and uh, Gmail. Yeah. That was causing them, I think, a real problem because you're sending messages and now, bam, it's all available. A customer can opt out of having the Alexa recordings examined, but they must navigate a series of menus that are so confusing that most people give up before they even get halfway through turning it off. Why do they need to know so much? And this is what Samir asked after he lost a bid for re-election earlier this year. Law enforcement agencies seek data on customers from technology companies. Amazon willingly discloses that it complies with search warrants and other lawful court orders seeking data. I think they're a little too willing to provide data. Yeah, um, they are. You know, um, this is no uh, protection at all for the customer. Amazon stopped yeah. disclosing how often it complies with such requests last year. That's interesting. Yeah. Amazon's 3,500 word privacy policy, which keeps changing, links to more than 20 other pages related privacy and user settings. That's absurd. Yeah. The information, as we know, can get extremely personal. And there are no limits. For example, it actually, um, there was a family matter that read uh, The Mitchell Sisters, a complete romance series. It told them the date, the time, uh, when they finished, and how many pages they flipped. It also told them which pages they spent more time on. 
I think Amazon is becoming a little bit like a Facebook. Yeah, they, they're already treaded those waters. And I think if they're not careful, Marcus, they're going to be having the same problems that our friends at, oh, excuse me, not fa uh, uh, Facebook. It's now called metadata. <laughs> and now their new thing is they can take two worlds and make them to become three. <laughs> I don't know, Marcus. I think, as I've always said to you from the very beginning of all of our shows, is that security and privacy is a concern. But we need a consortium that's set up that is able to be unbiased and is able to report what's going on to the general population. You see, most people don't know that when Google was set up, they did what they had to do in a very certain way. Right. And I got to let you know that this has been a great show. And we're at the top of our hour already. So it yeah. has been a great one, ladies and gentlemen. I got to wish you all the best. Happy, healthy holidays. We'll be back again with another great show just for you. And um, remember to give our uh, sponsor a try. We really thank um, TaskRabbit and get all those honeydews done around the house. And I'll catch you next Friday. Remember to get your holiday shopping in soon. Maybe. Bye, Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 88811. That's IT support to 88811, and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.